Hi, welcome to Bangalore Bits. Um, hello, Subhu. How are you? Good. How are you? Back in India. So, we are in a new place. So, how is, how is your new place? I mean, comparing to your old one actually. So. I don't know. We have to see how it goes. So, you had fun with uh, the shifting? <laughs> it wasn't a fun at all. Are you excited about Reverend? BAFTA, Golden Globe, all that. So, it looks like he's <laughs> on a track now. So, let's see. Uh, I, I feel he should just go ahead and say, tell the Academy thank you. I don't want this award. Yeah, you know, right. It's highly unlikely. but the Okay. So, we talked about your shifting to your new home. Yeah. And uh, you did have a very good experience with... Uh, so, you also shifted from your... Uh, old ISP to a new ISP. <laughs> right. So, which is now Airtel. Yeah. yeah. Which is one of the, not one of the, the leading ISP in the, in the country, right? Right, yeah. So, you said you had some bad experiences. You want to share? Yeah, so, I mean, I wouldn't say it is a bad experience. I would say I was just, I was a little surprised the way things panned out. Uh, <clears throat> first of all, uh, I wasn't aware that uh, Airtel customer representative will be able to manage my router remotely. Okay. So I, I mean, at least when I signed up for the for the ISP, they gave they took a signature from from a letter which has got a very extremely small print, and I mm. didn't know the really the terms of condition. Oh, so he remotely connected to your. Yeah, the be- I'll tell you the story actually. So I wanted to have Airtel the the ISP supplied me router and modem together. Uh, with the I mean, with Wi-Fi router and modem, ADSL modem together, they gave us one package, right? So I got one device. So I already had a Wi-Fi router which is much more powerful. So I wanted to use that instead of their router. Right. So I wanted to put the the Airtel supplied Airtel supplied device in the bridge mode. But when I called up the customer again, I didn't. I, I had a doubt whether when I start explaining bridge mode and stuff like that, they'll have yeah, understanding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I told them very clearly that I want to use this as a, my uh, modem and then use my own router for Wi-Fi and I know how to configure my router absolutely and you don't have to help me out just tell me how do I put this in bridge mode I mean I had logged into the admin I was tired and then I couldn't find that exact option basically the bridge mode option okay so I thought instead of just looking around everywhere we'll call the customer uh, the, there's a nice lady picked up she said ah okay sir that's not a problem <laughs> and then she asked me public IP uh, I told her the public IP by looking at what was allocated to me from uh-huh. that. that uh-huh. I was a little surprised. I thought initially they had a van access to my router from their office. Then I asked her like, will you be able to access? She said, yeah, yeah. I mean, no worries. We will be able to remotely access. I was a little surprised there. And then I, she said like, okay, I've done that. Uh, <coughs> she, she has not, I mean, she didn't tell me she has done that because basically I had changed the administration password as soon as I received the router. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, she tried to log in. She couldn't do it. Then she asked me. I gave her my password. Okay. Uh, she said like, I mean, she is not able to. Uh, there are some issues that she couldn't do it. Then she said she will reset the password. I said, okay, go ahead and do it. She reset the password, disabled Wi-Fi and said it is done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my intention was not there. So, basically, she, re- she reset the password, which is an issue, right? Yeah, yeah. which is an issue. And second issue is that I was not told that there is a backdoor to my router from the ISP basically. Yeah, no, because the router itself is sitting on the uh, internet. Anybody, if you know the public address, they should be able to log in, right? They shouldn't be. Is it? Yeah, absolutely. They shouldn't be able to. So... uh, Oh, you you have disabled the WAN side of it. Did you? 
no i mean like uh, not the boat that you can always control but the problem is they are doing it via an a cpe wan extension okay mm-hmm. so basically cpe wan extension is something which is what this D- uh, dsl guys use to manage the customer in- customer equipment from their premises um so i was surprised i mean i few years back i read an article in ars techia about uh, how british telecom and australia most of the isps in australia and Brit- and britain use this kind of technology to manage the dsl okay. routers remotely so the couple of problems i had was that i was not told that there is some kind of a backdoor is built in and i was even more surprised the customer rep can go about setting my passwords yeah. without even getting a concern from the manager right. that i is logging into my yeah. so that was another problem then when i after that i just was digging around the router so to see because I, you know me i'm very skeptical about the isp supplied equipments i don't use them at all i just try to kick it out as soon as possible when i don't want to use it in fact as soon as i moved here at desert i'm going to take atel i made a purchase of a new adsl modem slash bridge from amazon but they said it will take about like about a week or something like that i thought okay till then we will use the the isp supplied stuff as well so this is when it started happening okay so <clears throat> so i had put a screen screenshot i will just link them in the show notes, show notes okay so uh, so basically what uh, artel is doing here is that they are using something like an uh, cpe over wan right uh, so cpe over wan works on a protocol called tr069 which is a dual side thing so there in a web server sits on the customer equipment and there is an ac acs server sits on the isp okay so as soon as the router comes up it it is in the listen mode and to the isp server so the best part is atel is not running this infrastructure not even https right so and they are able to do happily reset passwords and everything via this infrastructure right you can imagine the stuff they are doing there right and the other interesting thing here is that so the the protocol as well as uh, the tier 69 protocol as well as tier 69069 protocol as well as the the cpu one gives an enormous amount of power to the isp okay they can even pull the mac addresses of the machines which are connected inside the network okay we are not talking about the one which is the primarily on the isp facing right. we are talking about the ones which are given inside your home as well. okay and it is reverse dsnable so what happens is like airtel with all the greater power they can just literally know what are the various sites you are using mm. in what are their ma- unique mac identifiable addresses and everything actually you are basically giving you are giving a root access to your router to an isp basically right so so any ideas on how do we uh, i mean is there a way to block this okay so there's couple of options one i as soon as i saw this under access management i just went ahead and deactivated it right uh, to just validate that i called atel next day to the customer care with another problem so to see whether he is able to log in remotely right luckily after i deactivated he was not able to log in okay. so that is uh, absolutely safe but this firmware is backed by atel so i don't know what is there sitting inside that. yeah possibly yeah. yeah so i don't know about that so once you get your your own adsl router yeah. this problem shouldn't be there right? yeah this problem shouldn't be there and i to add additional security layer what i did is i figured out the bridge mode part in the router and then so put the router in the bridge mode 
So wherein it doesn't do the dial out or get a WAN IP address to that. So you configured on your yeah, primary on router. Yeah. yeah. So my Wi-Fi router will basically just do the PPoE. Yeah. PPoE session it will. Okay. So this is something which I saw. The I was just surprised in terms of to understand. Uh, I mean, if you just Google a little bit around, you will see the amount of uh, zero day vulnerability on TR69 and how various. Uh, various hacker groups are trying to get in use that and exploit and then try to get it right. and even more surprising is that how is it acs server communication between uh, the isp premises and my home is on http is something which i don't understand yeah okay so i found these are like extremely disturbing yeah okay maybe <laughs> i need to do those configuration on my home router yeah. in based on what i did I think the bridge networking is something it's been on my list to configure for quite okay. a while now. I haven't done it, so maybe that also. So I, was, so I was just trying to dig around a little bit. Is there any guidelines from DOT, which is like I Department of Telecommunications, to the ISPs to say in terms of what they can, what kind of data collection they can do from the customer premises, or do they have to anonymize the data? I was just trying to find out. Whether there are any... No, I, yeah, I don't know if it is there. But even if it is there, it is really difficult, right? So they have to do a case-by-case case thing. So No, I'm saying like about... Uh, first of all, they can put a control structure not to their... Uh, customer rep can just just like that connect to the remote okay. routers. Mm-hmm. That is something which they need to probably add. Which is, I don't know. And most of the home routers are running on default passwords. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. he didn't even ask password because <laughs> he was trying to connect automatically. When he started refusing, then he called me and asked me the password. So... That's another risk. So even though I disconnect the call, the customer rep who right. attends it can automatically just go to me. So that is something which I feel. And uh, I mean, like, since the firmware is begged with the ISP, so I don't know what they collect basically. And That's possible. Yeah, and the know. other interesting thing is when you look at this communication between ACS and the router, uh, the ACS server sitting on ISP and the router in my home, there is a two-way communication. And the client in my home also runs a web server, mm. so it can also push something back to the server. And it, I, I, when you look at the screenshot what I posted, there is a, there is a seconds difference. So basically, I we don't know what exactly right. is happening between right. those right. two. And we can put a sniff, I mean the HTTP sniffer or something to see what exactly they are trying to do between that, right. which I didn't do it as as of today. So I was wondering if there any dot has any kind of a guidelines in terms of how I mean what carrier can do cannot do and stuff like that. So I couldn't mm-hmm. find anything. If okay. any of you guys find something, just let sure. Me know. Yeah. So talking about internet, the yeah. the most popular news uh-huh. uh, obviously in the past couple of weeks uh, was try a TRAI, the Telecom yeah. Regulatory Authority of India. Um, saying no to all sort of free schemes, right? Yeah. Uh, either it is internet.org or Facebook's free basics. So basically, the, basically Troy came back and said there is no differential pricing. Basically. Right. So they pretty much blocked, I think, even other uh, programs like yeah, Apple, Apple Zero, Zero yeah. and other things, right? So that was actually a, a really significant thing, mm-hmm. uh, which I think not many countries have really, I mean, passed such a strong sort of regulation but but I was really happy that Troy was able to do it so that that, that I think is probably a dead story now but actually what started uh, after that was really interesting is absolutely unwanted Mark Andreessen who is the popular 
valley investor or innovator or you may want to call him he's co-founder of netscape so yeah so he is also on the facebook board yeah uh, facebook so he uh, tweeted it which was absolutely uh, unwarranted <laughs> saying anti colonialism has been economically catastrophic for the indian people for decades why <laughs> yeah. stop now and uh, he immediately deleted it i believe <laughs> he realized it and deleted it but i think lot of people took the screen grab and they all have yeah, it now yeah so it means essentially i, I don't know is he saying that we were better off with the british rule looks to me like that right so yeah. and that is one part but i, I don't know why he is got so upset for azor day this whole free basic thing is like going to give internet access to everybody in india every other person in india and we said no right i mean that's completely unwarranted but i think the thing is after that he facebook immediately defended themselves right they said they actually distanced distanced themselves from this whole that, thing that is like a soap opera <laughs> yeah so they actually said that we have nothing to do with what our anderson said and zuckerberg <laughs> even wrote a kind of a, a small article saying how india is important to him all those things <laughs> it's more of patchwork yeah but i mean like i want to ask you this. so uh, is uh, i mean do you think is that a value view on uh, indian uh, on 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 the indian users i mean i don't know because the, when you do businesses sometimes what happens is there are some of them which are kept inside the room and occasionally they just get in right, yeah, yeah, yeah. and if it is a view of the valley then it is extremely disappointing right Uh, but i mean i just i want to give a benefit of doubt to him because of the achievements what he has done in the past yeah yeah and he is a pretty forward uh, looking kind of a person uh, yeah. person as well the amount of uh, companies and the technologies where she is able to push and stuff like that so i can still give that benefit of doubt but if it is a view of the valley then it is slightly very disturbing for any indian right uh, and uh, this whole notion of uh, india were better under colonialism is extremely bad i mean extremely Correct. wrong actually and it is misinformed actually uh, i mean like sometime back shashi tharoor did a oxford reunion he did about 10 minutes of his speech uh, i would link that in the show notes yeah yeah i, I saw that it was, was very good actually yeah. extremely good so 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 basically the the india's gdp was 23% before the british landed i mean just giving you only one point there and then by the time when in british moved out of india it was 4% <laughs> and i mean if anything else is you look at it as a measure then yeah so there are so many other points also we discussed we can just link that you guys can just go ahead and no, but that is a very good point because he is basically saying we got economically uh, yeah. i mean i mean we, we didn't perform economically uh, good in that time right or right. whenever we were against that but i think this gdp number order you are giving is proving other way yeah so and other thing is uh, i i mean like whenever i see this view coming from the west i mean i have seen couple of the threads there in the same conversation uh, british raj gave us the railways and stuff like <laughs> that and there is an excellent argument which the road puts for that also yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you okay so i don't want to get into that too much i'll just link it but this whole view of british gave us a lot of stuff is something like extremely misinformed for westerners is correct, what i think yeah, yeah. are they getting this impression because when they come here they still see the british raj t- rails here and the british raj buildings possible 
Uh, whatever reason, I think this is like, we need to get out of this nonsense. <laughs> India need to build an image or they need to have kind of a literature rolled out which basically... No, it takes time. time, right? I mean, we are still a very young democracy. So, That's it, true, it takes time uh, for people to realize that that is, that is all gone and yeah. what we are seeing is new India, right? right. So, so, Om, to just follow it up, Om is uh, Om Malik, Malik yeah. who just looped up on another interesting piece on his own blog. Right. So, I mean, he related the whole episode with his family and then how British Raj was bad during their parents and grandparents and stuff right. like that, which is another story which we will link so you guys can read. The, uh, the whole view of Indians about the Indians view on British Raj is like completely different from what the Westerners look at India under British Raj it seems to be the case here. No, I think here, I think we also discussed about uh, in detail uh, in one of our past episodes, but I actually what Ohm's uh, very good point is, I think in the post-internet age, uh, yeah. what he's saying, the labor and commodities whatever Britishers were actually yeah. behind, right? And yeah. that's the pretty much they were owning the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. And that was the control. Yeah. The because they, they, at that time, we never had anything like a firepower, right. like a gun or... So that is, what he's saying is that is now in the internet age has been replaced by attention and connectivity. That right. is his whole point, which, right. is, which is a brilliant point to make. Absolutely. And, and he's saying that is why... Facebook is behind this, right? It is not that they are going to give free internet for every other person in India and all that. Okay. He even said openly, saying right, this is not... So they are giving this like a sort of a philanthropy twist. Yeah. And that is what he is against. He is saying this is no philanthropy effort. This Absolutely. is purely there is a lot of business motive behind it. Yeah. And he is saying if they have to do philanthropy, there are other ways to do it. This is not the way... And then the story is so twisted, it has got so many relations between colonialism and this. So, British Raj, when they came to just lure all the smaller kings here, they were giving a lot of free gifts actually. No, I think, uh, yeah, I think we can, as you said, uh, Mark would not be knowing, or yeah, everything, would not be knowing the actual thing happened. Right? Yeah. It may be somebody would have given him this sort of information and he would have thought that is what... Or it, it could is. be something like... Uh, I mean, when you when you're growing up in in a Western society, reading that right, yeah, possibly history and the culture there, then probably you are probably getting a mis misaligned information there. Right, yeah. we don't know that. Yeah. So okay. that is the only benefit of doubt I could. Yeah, so this is the only thing which is un like probably an unwanted twist happened to this whole story. Yeah. Which otherwise I think it was an amazing verdict. What. Tried it. Yeah. And I just want to give a shout out to what uh, uh, Mozilla Non-Profit Foundation did there. Uh, they wrote an excellent petition to, I mean, they wrote an excellent letter to try about, uh, in terms of what are the various alternatives, what we also discussed about this mm -hmm. in our previous episode, what are the various alternatives, alternatives available beyond zero, right. uh, zero rating. So I will link that also, probably you can just read it. It is done by... Uh, Okay, so we, we can put that on, on the show notes. Yeah, right, yeah. So, just to continue the same thread, and we are talking about internet age, uh -huh. and uh, you mentioned a couple of good startup products right, right, which right. has come um, from India. Right. Uh, so, I think uh, it is basically from Bangalore. Yeah. So, you want to talk about that? It is, uh, the first one is the uh, TV. The, the Mango Man Electronics yeah. is the company I was referring so they initially uh, built a product which is very equivalent to Chromecast, which is called TV, T 
E-E-W-E. Okay. So they have released a second generation product of it. Uh, so which is like, which has got more or less all the features of Chromecast. Right. If you look at it. Uh, but so what I think what I understand it is they are trying differently here is or at least the focus is that they it is less online okay. and it is enabling you to view the media which you own basically okay. right? it, it could be in your home uh, USB stick or whatever it is. Is that the idea? Or? Yeah, I, I, you can say that but I what I felt is that basically they are trying to bake a lot of application features into the operating system itself. Uh-huh. So you buy a particular stick, then you plug it in, uh, you have the apps ready for uh, streaming from your phone, Mac and right, everything. Right, right, so, okay. so instead of you going about figuring out what is UPnP or, you, or uh, how do I stream from AirPlay and stuff like that. They are trying to do something like bake everything into their Android Android application or a Mac OS and stuff like that. So, you buy the stick and all the application features like including a, a peer-to-peer streaming and everything gets baked into the device. So, some of them may not be possible for companies like Google to do because DMCA will come behind. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe we don't have a body like DMCA so people are freaking out with... The, P2P streaming and stuff like that yeah. right now. So I don't know, but I think this, the, the way they are going is behind that kind of a model uh, where illuminate the applications separately and then bake single OS with all the features so they will be able to roll out multiple features. So that is the, they have got a 3 million funding. No, no, uh, the 3 million funding is for a proprietary Android which they are developing. Okay. Uh, which is called... Uh, Creo? Yeah, C-R-E-E-O. Yeah. Okay. So again, uh, that also looks to me uh, going in a similar direction. Uh, they are trying to fork Android and build a proprietary Android. Ah, okay. Mm. So, I mean, if at all you have to take TV as an example, then probably the idea there is that to same to to build a lot of features which day to day people are using it with the with the, rest, with the help of third-party applications okay. mm-hmm. they just try to bake it into the yeah. OS yeah. and the, do you think that's a good model actually yeah I don't know what what is the market they're behind mm-hmm. and so it is very difficult to comment that right? okay. so if it is for the TV stick or the streaming services maybe they wanted to have their own ecosystem possibly okay. that could be one play um, I, I don't know otherwise uh, no, but if you're building a platform, it's a hardware and software combination, and you don't let the devs to do play around with it, and then you want to build your own stuff, everything baking into it. Right. Yeah, so uh, they may have a plan to open up the their own set of developers, right? Okay. We never know, actually, right? So, yeah, but or I mean, probably they don't want a large set of developers yeah, okay. coming onto this because already Android TV is there, where all these things are pretty possible, right? So, I don't know, I mean... So, on a couple of trends I see here is... So, IO, Apple has announced iOS Beta, which is the first time, where I saw something like a Lux. I don't know whether you've heard about it, which is a so small software, which based on the time of the day, which automatically turns your display. Mm. So, that is kind of feature which, uh, which uh, Apple is adding it in the OS itself. So, it's going to come to iOS? Yeah, iOS. iOS. Okay. So what I see is that more and more and more this platform companies also going behind the intelligent apps and build that. Right. At the same time, these kind of guys uh, who are like also looking at the similar model here, like where they try to bake a lot of application features into it. So if you look at Micromax was trying to do something like integrating TrueColor 
okay along with their operating system itself and stuff like that so there seems to be two set of trends here so uh, what do you think yeah i don't know i mean uh, if at all you have to learn anything from what samsung tried to do um, it wasn't a great success right so we don't know what is new companies are yeah and signage and mode if you look at other way around he is they, I mean, they have they have got the greatest customization yeah, yeah. and they even go to a level where you can just completely eliminate google services and add third party like amazon play store or an cortana from microsoft and stuff like that so that is an another you are looking at it. but that is at least an open source where you have an option you are still keeping things in open but if you are and if the aspirations for these guys the mango man guys is going to go proprietary build their own phone and bake the application features uh, i will you buy forked and proprietary android phone no i think it we will end up with the same sort of issues what we faced with uh, with the whatever the oem control uh, for our environment right like mm-hmm. samsung or htc were doing that we are facing the same issue i don't know what is there to make android better okay i am not sure if there are any some serious problems in android which these guys are trying to solve i am not sure no but if you just think of it something like building a uh, building a file browser out of the box yeah okay mm-hmm. or something like what features would they, when as soon as you put an no, but, but the whole thing is whether they have that sort of a scale to to do those things right so whether their innovation whatever the speed at which they are they can develop can they match with what google is trying to do with yeah that is one problem but other way to look at it is that if you are like cl- keeping a closed environment not having third party apps too much and you are building all that your own you can on a pace you can just keep adding it yeah and you can also bundle create a place i mean similar kind of infrastructure to play store for a local services and stuff like that that could be a way also they are looking at because i think that model is extremely popular in china do you think that will catch up here no idea i mean you have to see what is it newly they are trying here what others have been done right so okay. it's probably they i don't think much information is there right? so yeah i mean they don't have but i think it is pretty evident that is that is where they're going behind actually mm. the customization and then adding right lot of these application features into the os itself so okay so continuing the, the devices and we talked about the android so did you see this new company uh, is trying to launch a 4 dollar smartphone yeah the, the freedom one you said yeah uh, i don't know what actually the name is i think okay. it's called uh, uh, it is around 250 rupees or something like that I don't um, know i lost interest <laughs> on the devices no i mean i lost interest on these kind of things basically so at that kind of cost what i mean i mean what you can manufacture I mean, it is like i don't know yeah, like. no i think uh, looks like they are trying something uh, probably different here i am not sure but uh, they are actually bundling lot of apps along with uh, along with the phone mm. uh, which seems to be a pretty decent configuration whatever they are building actually right so i don't know we have to wait and see how this is this the same because if it is just 250 bucks i may just buy one and see what the hell is that actually. okay <laughs> i mean then that is where it ends up right like so you buy that and then you don't it is not useful for you because the the display performance yeah. in terms of touch and stuff like that will be extremely bad you cannot use them so is it the same model what we have seen in the early pc like the net pcs which came like acer and other guys they started bundling lot of services and bring down the windows performance and stuff <laughs> 
Yeah, we don't know. I mean, what they're behind, but I thought since the price point was. I don't know. I've pretty... just lost interest on these device, <laughs> device games. Okay. These every now and then we see these extremely cheap announcements, and then I don't know. Is that I've not seen them exp- any successful anywhere actually. Okay, so the other uh, interesting acquisition which happened was uh, Amazon buying uh, a company called M Wanted. Yeah. Um, to basically build their online payment pat- platform in India, right? yeah, which yeah. is probably for Amazon not it. Yeah. So why do you think they need a company? So uh, Amazon has something called Pay Amazon Pay buttons or something like that. So which is in US and which is also there in India. I tried to sign up and stuff like that, but I don't see any of the e-commerce guys are adopting that as, okay. as of today. Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't know whatever reason it is. But uh, the the off late if you look at it, there are quite a bit of these. Uh, the the wallet and then the third party uh, payment processing companies are coming up in india okay right so if you see uh, for example if you take uh, i think snapdeal had something similar to this flip flipkart they had they have their own i think they yeah. built homegrown yeah so they they bo- the purchased and then they they yeah, modified the popular one paytm paytm and there is other thing called clickpay free charge so many of them actually yeah. So I I was trying to understand in terms of why this kind of guys are coming up. I mean, no, I think uh, uh, if if I get that, I think it's probably not everyone in India has a credit card, right? Uh-huh. So what it this helps is so if you have a bank account or if you want to like say put some sort of a money into that uh-huh. uh, into that account and use it as like a sort of a um, like an account where for all your online purchases okay i think that is where the key is actually right okay. so you basically are not linking or if you don't have a credit card this would become a great platform for you to actually just put let's say i want to buy something for 5000 rupees i just put only 5000 rupees and then just buy it right that seems to be what these guys are behind actually okay so so this that way i think they get an assured payment mm-hmm. uh, and then also I mean, people also feel it's a little more secure than uh, credit card because I have seen a lot of people are still even really IT savvy, educated guys. Okay. I have seen few folks who are who don't want to buy anything online. Okay. Right? Because they are kind of scared that okay, I put card somewhere, it leaks out, and something else happens right. here, right? So for them, I think for those kind of people and people who don't who don't have access to credit card, this will be a great platform. Yeah, th- that is a valid part of it. but uh, the m advantage i think more of a card processing mechanism i think they are like more of a payment processing guys okay so, so i was looking at something like i mean they also have a wallet thing also as you said the wallet and the social features and everything what you said right now they're all they have all of that but apart from that what i see as a benefit is that so when you look at any credit card transaction there are about five or six parties are involved as a customer and there is a merchant and the merchant's affiliated bank okay. and then the credit card vendor and the credit card is issued by another bank okay so as soon as you walk into a to a shop or a to a e-commerce site and you buy it what happens is basically you are the payment gateway how the it works is basically it takes your request and then goes back to the merchant's bank tells that this is the card and this is the money and then the merchant banks make a query to the the credit card issuer and the credit card issuer again goes back to the hmm. bank who issued the card okay so from visa it goes to the guy who's like city bank or whoever issued the card uh, to find out whether you have enough uh, credit balance and stuff like that yeah 
and then what happens is the transaction gets approved from the card issuer bank then it goes back to the card holder so but how is this is going to change the whole right. experience so so when i when i am a merchant banker i have aff- need affiliation with different cards ah okay and then what happens is that each bank provides me a different cut on the payment processing yeah i mean the, the basically the processing fee yeah so for some days if bank x is giving me 2.3 and the other so after 6 months bank y yeah. is giving me so, so i need you don't to switch, need to have the i need to switch from bank the, x yeah. to y yeah. so instead i just tie up with this payment provider right so i so i think that is where these guys are trying to do and the the no but, but uh, probably yeah that, that is but i think from an end user experience right if yeah i mean the end user experience are more to like what you said they are all additional features mm-hmm. and M- no, but even if like say these kind of payment uh, gateways you still need to go in through the additional second factor authentication right absolutely yeah. and the other advantage you get is there are second authentications which are improving like a qr code or uh, like your uh-huh. uh, biometric authentication everything is happening the e-commerce sites are not well equipped to do all this right so as a payment provider you are able to do all this and roll those features out so there are many things. and the other thing i saw is that they also have an emi provision so if i have two or three uh-huh. cards so basically mm-hmm. what happens is i can just swap the emi with this vem advantage Okay. So I think these could be some of the models we will be rolling out to the world. <laughs> yeah. Right. So EMI is a big deal in India. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I was just trying to understand why they are becoming so popular and why so much money is getting rolled out into the nation. Right. And uh, so when I was just also looking at it, the uh, the more popular service in US is Stripe. Have okay. you heard about it? No. Okay. So Stripe is also doing the similar thing, but they have a. Uh, they have like a kind of a api integration with it instead of having gui elements and stuff like that right so they have that also as well api integration so when i go to stripe side it clearly says that what is the transaction charge is 2.9% and 30 cents mm. and i don't see that kind of transparency in any of those indian payment processing gateway yeah possible i don't so know i don't know why that is i don't know so so anything anything else apart from this now uh, i think we pretty much covered most of the leading news right yeah okay so uh, the last one is probably uh, apple's announcement uh, to set up a sort of a development center or technology center in india uh, i think beyond that i think uh, what was what made them uh, to look at india i think the last quarter uh, india from an emerging market side was much more faster growing than even comparing china actually china, okay. so i think looks like they are now serious uh, about india they may want to probably invest in even apple stores okay uh, so and uh, uh, do we have a better server i mean i won't say better but we do we have a lot of service aid programmers in india who can build icloud better i don't know i mean i don't know i really don't know what they want to do here right okay. so so it's all it's all good news anyway so any investment coming to the country is good absolutely it's the it's just going to hyderabad this something i'm not happy with <laughs> okay <laughs> they should have picked up bangalore i guess yeah bangalore is probably too congested now i guess yeah <laughs> or they're following foot foot parts of microsoft yeah possible <laughs> even up. google has set up a huge yeah uh, google, you, google microsoft and uh, probably apple now so yeah so they all are sharing their <laughs> best knowledge and practices 
ओके इन दैट्स दैट्स इट आई गेस यप दैट्स ऑल बाय 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 टॉक टू यू नेक्स्ट वीक बाय